0: This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe
1: yeah, me. Yeah, Blessing yeah, when the land is more committed. yeah As long to see me. Blessing yeah, when the land is more cometsy.
0: Well, welcome to uh, The Shrimps Trust, Uh, another quiet week at the Mizuma and ShrimpNet is here to talk it through as usual with high quality discussion and the lowdown on what's happened and what to look forward to. Uh, Joining, uh, well I'll call as the three musketeers of myself, Joel from the Trust and Charlie from the boardroom, uh, is a first time guest and the the d'Artagnan of the Mizuma, uh, the returning swordsman. Uh, all for one, one for all. Uh, it's a welcome to uh, returning gaffer, Derek Adams. Derek, thanks for joining us. Good evening, David. And uh, I'll start as we mean to go on. Uh, there's been an important announcement this afternoon at the Mazuma Stadium. Uh, Mazuma Stadium becomes donations donation centre to help Ukrainian refugees. Donations are being accepted at the main reception at Mazuma from 9am to 5, Monday to Friday, which will then be collected by co-chairman Rod Taylor, before it transported to Ukraine. To aid the collection process, to avoid any wastage, only items on the list of essentials should be donated. And these items are as follows. Uh, blankets, sleeping bags and mats, thermos flasks, pillows, raincoats, new underwear for men, women and children, toothbrushes, toothpaste, shower gels, shampoos, hairbrushes, instant food, milk for babies, canned food, energy bars, wipes, nappies, torches, batteries, bed linen, and female sanitary products. Uh, there will also be a bucket collection outside the Mizumi Stadium on the preceding Saturday's game against Cheltenham, where the Rotary Club will be helping to raise funds for Ukraine. Obviously, this affects us all. Um, there are bigger things in the football, and I thought it was important to talk about that. But let's move on uh, and chat, obviously, with Joel and with Derek and Charlie. Um, the last week we've played Plymouth away, 2-0, we lost. one all at Bolton. We'll start with Plymouth. Um, it was a, an interesting game uh, from the point of view of we looked a lot more organised, Joel.
1: Yeah, I thought we did. I thought our shape was really good. Uh, obviously, Connolly played a really important role, kind of the way he was kind of, I think he was screening Horton. And uh, I think was Derek mentioned uh, uh, last week in the interview, I think that worked pretty well to be honest. I thought the game plan was working quite well. I thought they scored at two times when we were kind of looking like we were settling more into the game and... Starting to gain a little bit more territory. I thought both their goals came at quite an odd time in that regard, but that's just how it goes sometimes. I thought second half, I thought Plymouth did all right, it kind of maybe taking the sting out of the game a little bit. But that said, you know, we still created a couple of you know really good chances. Unfortunate not to score really in the end. And you know, say say, say John Obika puts that chance away. I think it's what the 65th minute around that time. You know, that really sets up. Yeah, potential comeback so you know I think you take a lot I think you do take a lot from that performance how organized we were I think we can start to see us coming forming as a side un, under uh, Derek a bit more and yeah I think there were positives despite the result definitely a
0: few positives from that and Derek it, it must have been quite difficult because obviously there was an illness running through the camp so you, you, your plans probably changed fairly fairly quickly didn't they
2: Yeah, I mean, we had five players that um, were out through illness for the game. Two that, um, well, sorry, three that were going to be uh, in the squad of 18. Um, The other ones that uh, were back home. So we had to deal with that uh, the day before the game. And we also had to deal with it in the morning of the game as well. So we did have to change personnel for the match. But, um, you know, the players that came in, you know, acquitted themselves very well. It was a difficult game going into it because... Um, you know, Plymouth aguile are looking to get into the promotion places and um, ourselves are looking to get out of the relegation places. But uh, I thought we, you know, played well. Um, we limited Plymouth Aguile to very few opportunities. The goals they scored um, were poor from our point of view. And uh, we did, you know, have some really good opportunities in the game that we feel that we should have scored from.
0: And I, I know you were you were watching Charlie. Um, a, a long way to go. We haven't got a successful record really at Plymouth. I don't think I've ever seen us get anything there. But um, we did look better organised. And uh, as Derek has just said, then we had the chances, and it's been the story of the season really that we've had the chances and not taken them.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I managed to get there actually, uh, Freeze. I actually drove uh, to, uh, drove 190 miles in quick time with Parkinson's. It wasn't easy, but I got there and back safely, which is good. But the thing I love about Derek was um, he was so calm. Um, you know, we had all the injuries. You know, there was a couple of times. Remember, late in Orient, Derek, when we had a couple of injuries last
2: season. Yes, yes, I do. Yes.
3: Same thing where you know doesn't, doesn't moan, doesn't panic, takes all in his stride, calming influence. And uh, I thought we, I thought we did really well. And the the, the, uh, the fans made a long journey. Uh, we're all pretty pleased, pleased what we did. I think uh, we're pretty proud.
0: Yeah, it's just, um, like I say, it must be tough to try and make an impact in such a short space of time and then uh, having your plans completely decimated on a Friday. So I I suppose it's quite understandable, really, that uh, a team like Plymouth uh, get a couple of goals ahead. And as Joel said, they 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 shut the game down. But moving on to Tuesday night, Bolton, um, again, uh, perhaps not the the starting lineup that people expected because still people were recovering from the illness. Uh, Aaron Wildig goes off injured Cal Bennett goes off injured I mean we've uh, we've, it, sorry. Um, we've, had, we've had one of them games um, where again we've defended absolutely brilliantly for uh, 93 and a half minutes and, and we've conceded in the 94th and that's frustrating Joel isn't it
1: Yeah it was a real gut punch I think you know first 15 20 minutes I think Bolton definitely kind of came out of the traps pretty quickly but after that point we kind of I felt managed to put them at arm's length a bit more, make them have them just you know have their centre backs faff around with the ball basically quite a lot of the time, and uh, you know so it, really it was kind of successful from that point of view, and then obviously a good bit of work up the pitch like chasing people down gets us the goal going ahead at half time, and then second half I thought we were particularly resolute. I think once you get that goal and the the, the home crowd start to get a little to start to turn a little bit. You, the Bolton players are maybe not taking as much care and time over the ball that they're hitting the long passes, they're starting to get frustrated. Uh, and yeah, it, it was working, generally. It, it was working, but, you know, just, right, right to, to you know, to, it worked for so long, you know, until the 93rd, 94th minute, it's conceded like that. It, it, it was gutting at the same time. Again, you've just got to try and take the positives from that game, you know. To have defended so well against a team, I think they've won like seven on the bounce at home before that. And to say we were about 30, 40 seconds away from ending that by by ourselves winning. I mean, we've ended it anyway with the draw. We have to take the positive. I think, you know, we, we look back on these uh, first three games we've had in Derrick, they've been super hard games at Ipswich, Plymouth and Bolton. So, yeah, it, it's been tough. I know, obviously, you don't want to underestimate going forward, but Cheltenham, probably not quite as... Difficult as those three, but yeah, to come away from with a point at the start of the game, I probably would have ta- I, I, you know, I'm pretty, I would have been reasonably happy with that, but at the same time, to have it happen that way, he's got him, but you know, you just got to take the positives.
3: Derek's delighted to the first four games he's watched since he came back were Rotherham away, Ipswich at home, Plymouth away, and Bolton away. Not a bad, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it has been tough, and I, I, I'll come to Derek now. um I suppose most of us would be, you know, if you'd have said beforehand, would you take a point, would have t- snapped your hand off. But I suppose when you look at the game, the way it panned out, it is absolutely, it was a gut punch at the end. But we've got to be, we've got to be proud of that performance because, again, as I as I alluded to before, we lost Reese Bennett, we lost Aaron Wildig, we reorganised. You did what you do really well, which is like you spot how teams are playing and you, you work out how to nullify them. And it very, very nearly worked, didn't it, Derek?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, going into the Ipswich game is always going to be difficult because I came in two days before and um, I think that, you know, at half time we changed the system. Uh, that helped us um, and we got a a point in that game against, you know, as Michael Appleton said, the Lincoln City manager, the best team that he's seen in the division. Uh, then we have to go to Plymouth Argyle, uh, who have done really well this season. And I felt that we stopped the threat on the day uh, of the players that they have you know, got and, you know, we caused them problems and it was the same the other night. You know, I think that uh, the Bolton Wanderers, I mean, they play a very risky game, uh, a game that um, does produce, you know, big results for them. But the one reason for that is that they've got Santos at the back that is very quick, uh, strong, and uh, they can do that. But I still think that we created some really good moments in the game. Dylan Connolly, uh, Adam Phillips and Cole Stockton you know, still had you know, some good opportunities we had a stonewall penalty not given when we were 1-0 up and um, the team understood uh, what we were trying to do it's not easy when you come into a new group how quickly you've got to adapt and uh, I would say that the players have adapted quickly to that uh, uh, style and system
0: It's funny Derek because um, from that point of view coming in the way you have and knowing that you've got a limited number of games left, it's got to be quite difficult for you to sort of assess and put things into place. That's got to be, obviously, from now till the end of the season, it's going to be ongoing,
2: isn't it? It is, because, you know, when you come in to see the players that you've got uh, in your squad, you've got to assess the best system of play that's going to enable them to get the best results. You can all think that you want to play in a certain way, but you might not have the players uh, that can play in that system, and that's what a manager, a coach, a leader uh, has to do. He has to assess, the, you know, his squad. And we can all come in and say that we want to be a possession-based team, uh, but I haven't seen, you know, possession win football matches. Uh, I've seen uh, chances created and goals scored win football matches, but. Um, I still have yet to see um, a team score and win with just total possession, uh, but uh, that's another thing. Uh, I think that you know we've got to, you know, create good moments in the game and and get the goals. But uh, the players that we have in the squad, you know, have you know responded well.
0: And and looking at you, you coming back in, uh, and particularly the Bolton game, you you, you immediately. Uh, you've made it clear that you, you know there are certain players that you know from your time here last season that you trust. Mm. Uh, and obviously Aaron Wildig and Adam Phillips, to a certain extent, have been uh, not peripheral figures, but not really central figures. And they appear to be quite important to you as, as attacking midfielders. Am I right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the way that they play, the, the way that they want to play, and the benefits they bring to the team. So then I've got to understand how best can I form a team to have them in it because they can score from midfield. How can I get players in a different position to sometimes help them out, which you have to do. And um, I always believe that you need you know, your best players on the pitch, the ones that can score goals uh, that are proven to do that from midfield. Uh, and these two have done that you know, for me in the past
0: and i i' I'll, I'll go back to something you mentioned there and and i'm i <laughs> uh, it, it's often said that uh, decisions do pan out over the season uh, and I, I take your point you know it was a stonewall penalty on dylan- Con- Dylan Conley anywhere else on the pitch that that might well have been a you know if it was outside the box it might well have been a red card as it it might well have been in but obviously you know i I don't think the officials go out there to actually uh, make bad decisions. Uh, and ultimately, where do you a bit of luck, Joel? Aren't we after after a couple of decisions in the past few weeks?
1: Yeah, I, you know, how behind the goal for uh, for that Connolly one, and it, it 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 was on the level of that that Doncaster one earlier in the season when their keeper rugby tackled Greg Lee. Yeah. It's one of those. I, I, yeah, I mean, you're right. Obviously, the, the, you'd like to think they don't go out there in with the intention of making wrong decisions, but I just I just can't really see what he thought might have happened instead. <laughs> like, you know, with with like with some decisions, sometimes you think, well, maybe he thought he got a tone the ball, or like with handballs a lot of the time, you can kind of see the subjectivity in it. Like, uh. Sniper, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but with but with you know with that one, he just kind of, I don't, I I I, just, I, I cannot think at all what what the referee was possibly thinking might have happened. You know, because it was just so so clear. And you know what? Well, the funny thing is, it looked like the referee was going to blow the whistle, and then he looks at his liner, and yeah. the liner's not flagging. So I, I'm almost tempted to think that maybe the liner was waiting for the referee, and they
0: and vice versa. It. And
1: yeah. then and, and vice versa, and they both kind of bottled it. That's the only kind of semi reasonable explanation <laughs> I can think of, really.
0: Anyway, but like I say, it's gone. I don't. I don't think we go out there to do this deliberately. I, I think they are probably completely, you know, in the in the training that they're given. But obviously, they need they need to look at that decision. And you know, it won't change anything now. But hopefully, we'll get better in the future. So moving forward to uh, it's Cheltenham on Saturday. Uh, Derek, we uh, you masterminded two victories over Cheltenham last season, despite the fact that they went on to win the win the league. So uh, I think. Uh, Think probably Michael Duff is thinking you've got the Indian sign over him.
2: Yeah, I mean they're a difficult team to play against. Um, they have played the majority of their time uh, three-five-two. They have changed now and again, but you know they're a side that um, you know like to play with the, the two strikers up front. They played with three strikers or, or three forward players the other night at MK Dons. Dons really, the reason was because the way MK Dons play, um, but. Uh, it's a difficult game for us because, you know, Cheltenham are, you know, a number of points ahead of us in the league. If you look at the promoted teams last year uh, in Cheltenham, Bolton and Cambridge, they've all done well. They all look to be uh, safe this season. And um, we are the ones that are chasing them to try, you know, stay in League One next year. And uh,
0: looking at it in plain terms, um, you know, we've we've got 10 games left. Um, have, you, have you put a target on what we need to do or are you just taking it game by game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I could easily put a target on it. It's win the next 10 games. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that uh, we, we, we have to go into every game and try to win them. And uh, I think that's always been uh, my philosophy as a player and as a manager. I don't go into any game uh, to lose or to draw. And um, we will do our best because... In this circumstance, there's always surprises along the way. The teams at the top get nervous because they're either pushing for the automatic promotion places or uh, the playoff places. Uh, And the teams at the bottom, you know, are the ones that are chasing. And uh, that sometimes, you know, can help. But uh, we've still got to win, you know, a good number of games between now and the end of the season. We understand uh, the run-in. It's a difficult, you know, run-in. The easy games have been gone. uh, the earliest stage of the season, and now we've got the you know the difficult games to come.
0: And I'll go back to the uh, the Ipswich game, um, and obviously that was your your first game uh, back at, at the Mazzuma. Um, uh, first of all, a great reception from the fans there, uh, which must have been quite nice for you. But also, um, were you surprised at the size of the crowd as well? Because obviously you're in the position where you've got us in this division and all of a sudden the public have backed us and we've been getting, you know, minimum probably just over 4,000 and on that day, 5,000. And it, it's it's it, they can play an important part in this running, can't they?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, I thought that, um, you know, going back and the, the atmosphere was, it was terrific. You know, we had, you know, a really good atmosphere against Tranmere in the playoff games, but it was a reduced capacity. But to see so many, you know, Morecambe fans, uh, supporters in uh, the game. And you see the diversity as well, you know, in age groups as, as well. It, it's it's really important for the football club to have that. And uh, this season, you know, they've seen, you know, victories at home uh, against, you know, some, you know, top teams. Uh, and, you know, they've enjoyed it. And, and that's the reason they want to, you know, stay in League One for next year.
0: Yeah, and it, it's uh, starting with the Cheltenham game, obviously. What What's the situation with the illness and injuries in the camp then?
2: Yeah, we're starting to get them back now. We've still got uh, another number of issues at this moment in time, mm. uh, either Ill- injury or illness. It uh, is mm. probably just the same as it was going into the Plymouth Argyle game with the injury and illness situation. But, um, you know, we've coped with it before and uh, we'll continue to do that.
0: And just to go back to you, um, obviously coming back to us, was that was it was that a, a, an easy decision to make? Because obviously you'd had a, I will I will call it a turbulent time at Bradford. Because obviously, uh, looking at looking at Bradford as a club, was it a bit like to, sort of trying to uh, trying to change the course of an ocean liner in in sort of seven months and not being given the chance to?
2: Um, I didn't see it that way. Um, I think that. Um... Point of view, Bradford City, um, we had won nine games, drawn 13 games, uh, and, and lost nine games of the 31 games. So the problem for us was that we drew too many games, uh, especially at home. And when you draw your home games, then uh, it doesn't help you uh, with uh, that situation, you know, with a club that are pulling in uh, nearly 15,000 uh, supporters. And we Of that 13 games, the majority of them, you know, we had really good opportunities to win. We had the second highest XG in the league. I know people don't like me saying that, but that's the way that um, you look at the data. Um, You look at are you creating chances uh, on goal? Uh, And that's the most important thing. Uh, I think that if you're a football supporter, you want to see chances created. And I know people talk about possession-based football, but... um, I didn't think, well, I've never grown up to go and watch a team pass the ball in their own half to death. I would rather go and watch a team create, you know, good openings. And uh, I think that that's, you know, always been my philosophy. But, uh, you know, some people have, you know, different ideas. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, they uh, pulled the rug from under my feet, so to speak. And uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. And, you know, to get the opportunity to come back to, to Morecambe, uh, I'm very fortunate. I understand that. Uh, because of, of the situation that happened, the manager left and went uh, back north, and uh, I was given the opportunity by the, the board of directors, the chairman, the owner, uh, to come back in and uh, you know try and get the team you know out of the relegation zone. I had that same scenario when I first came to the football club. You know we were bottom of the league uh, in League Two, uh, and eventually we survived, and then we were on and got promoted the next season. So um, you know I'm hopeful that. Uh, we can finish strongly and get enough points to finish in this division.
0: And so it's a bit like coming back, coming back, um, coming back home to a bit of unfinished business. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know, I left because um, my remit uh, was to get the football club out of the the, the division, and uh, you know, we got promoted uh, in super quick time. There was a three-year plan to do that. We did it. Uh, within that period and you know I obviously had to, to look at the situation and I've got to give credit to uh, the owners, the board of directors, um, you know they've put a lot of energy and effort into behind the scenes and um, they have improved it, there's more staff working at the, the football club and um, we're trying to you know become better in a training base as well, uh, that's uh, hopefully going to improve you know over the The summer months, and these are areas where, um, for me, it was difficult to see if that was going to to come to fruition. It certainly has in in many areas. They've still got work to do, Uh, but we've got a a group of people and uh, investors and uh, board of directors that uh, want this football club to succeed.
0: And I'll come to uh, Charlie. Charlie, obviously, it was uh, it, it came about fairly quickly that you got together with your the other the board members and, uh, and Derek became available and he, he he seemed the perfect choice and it it it's um it was pretty easy decision from what I understand.
3: Yeah, I mean, an absolute no-brainer for me, really. You know, uh, as Derek Derek knows, I spent many many a uh, uh, time trying to convince him to stay uh in the, in the first time it didn't, didn't succeed my mission but um hopefully uh everything happens for a reason i think um I get we get on really well with derek he's a very very straight talking individual as you, as you know which we really like and you know, i am as well um and uh you know um, when people say to people like me and james um you know we've been saying a lot a lot of people across the football world that you know more will never get there we are motivated to do the, the three-year plan Whoever the managers, whoever the players, whoever do it, Derek's like. Hopefully the plan will stay there no matter who it is, whether I'm here or not. Where it'll just always be trying to progress the club, trying to move things on. And I'm um, really pleased Derek said that because, uh, you know, we really, really want him to stay and help us finish the mission because um, he helped us start it. Um, we were getting on really well. And uh, you know, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we aren't, we aren't all uh, all talk. We want to make the make the uh, improvements, which is. Ben Sadler's really helps with that as well. So all in all, delighted he's back. Um, I'm also glad that he doesn't think the, tea, the, the, the Morecambe crowd consists of Freeze, Glenn, Charlie, Rod, Graham and James. Um, the only six Morecambe fans who watched, watched all the games last season are actually some fans who watched the match, which is good. Um, I think that's Derek, actually. Derek, we, saw, we, 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 we witnessed last season so many late goals. Well, why, why do you think that was? Why do you think we scored so many late goals in injury time last, last season? we haven't done this
2: season? I think that comes with confidence and I think that, um, you know, you're in a different, we're in a different league this year. Um, The quality between League One and League Two is, in my view, a massive jump. Uh, I think that uh, there's a lot, a lot of good teams. Um, The players and most teams in this division that are higher up, um, you you probably have in League Two, you maybe have four, five players uh, in the top teams that are decent there's this league here in, in League One you've got at least eight players in the team that can all play and pass the ball and, and keep on going and uh, I think that the quality just becomes better and uh, I think that they I think there's a lot more risk taken uh, as well uh, in League One because um, they feel that they, they have the ability to do that and uh, I think that's just the difference is the quality
3: And final question about late goals what was your favourite late goal of last season?
2: <laughs> um, I don't know how late it was, but uh, I, I always enjoyed uh, Forest Green. I knew and you were going to say that. I
3: knew it. I knew, I knew it. It's my <laughs> favourite as well. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I'm so glad you said uh, that. Yeah, that is brilliant. You, you loved it. You absolutely I should have said you, your favourite goal was Forest Green. I'm glad you said that. You lo- yeah. loved
2: I, I I really enjoyed that moment and uh, the, the nearest player to me who was probably five yards was Jan Songo and I can remember hugging him to death when we, yeah. we scored that uh, because I knew how important a goal it was And uh, um, but listen going to Wembley and Callis you know scoring a late penalty kick uh, it topped it all off for us. Yeah,
0: well, I, I have to say um, I enjoyed that goal, and we interviewed Aaron wilde after that, and uh, about a week later, and, and he said exactly the same. He said that Forest Cream had quite a high opinion of themselves, and uh, and when we equalised, he said they were they looked absolutely shocked. But we were the better side that night, Derek. Were we? Come on, we were the better side.
2: We were. We we, we went toe to toe with them, and um, you know I think that when we did that a number of times last year. Um, Teams didn't understand how to get the better of us, and uh, that was, you know, one of the reasons why we became successful. Um, I'm going to. You asked me for what was my best latest goal. Is that what you said? Something along that yeah. lines. I know that was, that was the best English, but. Um, uh, Salford uh, was decent as well, <laughs> because uh, two goals and injury time uh, against Salford uh, was very very nice.
3: And topically, them
2: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I agree with that as well. It was great play from Michael Linden and uh, Carlos as well to, to 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 get that goal.
0: Yeah, they were they were all all great memories, and uh, obviously. Uh, you know, S- Salford goes down as my favourite, but only because my commentary <laughs> made the bloody national the national headlines because I was that <laughs> incredibly biased and whooping and hollering. But there you go. <laughs> I enjoyed. I've i got fond
1: memories of your commentary for that one. I, th- I I remember I was upstairs. I, I was actually working at the time. I was upstairs in my office and I, and I had rubbish Wi-Fi connection. So I had my laptop by the open door so I could actually stream the game properly. <laughs> and then I was jumping around shouting, oh God, it was something else.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was some night. So I'll I'll go back to the 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 uh, the, the, the happy memories, Derek. Obviously, for you to come back uh, and still know seven or eight players, that's got to be an advantage. Did you? And I'm just being honest now. Cole has been with us a long, long time, and he's surprised a lot of people in this division. And I do remember, and I've used this quote two or three times already on this podcast. Tranmere fans said he wasn't good enough for League Two, and they're perfectly right because he's too good for League One. But coming back and, and seeing Cole still here, that must fill you with like, yeah, he's he's he, he he was fulcrum to what what we were doing last season, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was. He did exceptionally well last season, uh, you know, and this year, you know, to do as well as he has done so far and score the amount of goals that he has, he, he's been phenomenal. And uh, you know, he. he all he has to do now is, you know, to keep on going and uh, finish with as many goals as he can between now and the end of the season. Because I think that's important for him and obviously the team, but himself as an individual to you know, try and get to, say, 25 you know, goals, maybe more than that uh, in a league campaign. Uh, and he's, you know, w- would be, you know, a phenomenal achievement.
0: I'm going to hand you over to Joel now, who's, uh, who's got probably got a few more technical questions for you than I have
1: <laughs> and, uh, I, I was I was very happy to hear the XG endorsement it means uh, it means I'll win a few more arguments on Twitter I think uh, <laughs> but uh, I think g- going straight into that obviously the, with, the, with the kind of lower possession style of football that I think sometimes it gets branded as being kind of quite grim and att- nutritional. but looking at looking at us last season we had the most chances created in the league you know we were, we scored loads you know, it was really exciting to watch. So, what I kind of angle it at is with the kind of low possession style and all that, that's kind of, it really feels like it's in the interest of creating more chances and scoring more goals, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends what, you know, kind of team you want to watch. Do you want to watch a team that uh, passes the ball 896 times in his own half and uh, gets nowhere uh, and creates very little opportunities in the game? Uh, then you go and support that team. If you want to go and watch a team that has low possession, creates uh, chances in the 18-yard box and big chances at that, then you go and watch them. It's uh, you know up to you uh, as a supporter, but um, I think that uh, the game of football uh, has always been to try and get the ball uh, in the back of the net. The game of football has never been the case, that um, you keep possession in your own half uh, of the pitch, and... Uh, you bore uh, supporters to tears. And uh, I think that that's my uh, big understanding of how I want to play. Um, People say that, you know, you you have a low-possession team, but then on the flip side, I say that, um, uh, you know, we create a lot more opportunities at goal than the opposition. And uh, I thought that was what the beautiful game was all about, was to, to go and create chances and score goals.
1: So on that, is it kind of a case of like, you cannot, I think when, when you have the opposition, when they're kind of trying to pick a way through and stuff, I think it almost feels like you're able to kind of catch them off guard a little bit more and be able to create those kind of better opportunities, like you mentioned.
2: I mean, I, listen, I, I, there's a whole host of things. I mean, if you look at it, and I could be blunt, uh, you know, if I want to be, and I probably will be, um, is that, you know, you look at coaches and managers and uh, they pass the ball... Later, they launch it into a striker. They can say that they're going to stretch the, the, the pitch, uh, but if you look at it, they're a long ball team. Uh, you know, they, they pass the ball to a goalkeeper, back to a centre half, and they launch it forward. And nobody else is going to tell me that um, you know they pass the ball out from the back that they're a pass the ball uh, or, or a possession based team. Um, I understand the philosophy that they're trying to do. They're trying to stretch the game, but um, in the end, you know, some supporters some chairmen, some directors of football, whatever, uh, you know, see it uh, in a different way. But all I want to do is to get my team winning. And uh, if the ball is passed into the opposition half uh, as quickly as possible, um, through the thirds, into space, uh, I mean, what you've got to remember is that, um, you know, I play with, you know, players. I did it Plymouth with Aguil. I did it uh, with Wilcombe last year. You're going to tell me that uh, Carlos Gomez, Wildig, uh, Phillips, John O'Sullivan uh, you know, liked the, the ball playing long. They didn't. We passed the ball very quickly into the area because we had good technical players. We found a diagonal pass uh, now and again, uh, which allowed us to get in behind. And uh, That is the, the philosophy of the game, is to win football matches. And whatever way that you're going to do it, then you do it. But, um, listen, there's up-and-coming coaches, there are coaches all over the world that will bore you to tears and tell you what uh, they're going to do. I, I just... Have to, we just got to get on with that and, uh, you know, see how well we do.
1: So, kind of on, on on those attacking players you mentioned, that I I get the feeling, kind of speaking to them on the podcast, that you 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 gave quite a lot of freedom to to express themselves going going forwards, and I thought that was quite an interesting. Thing is, is that something that you aim to do with your forward players, just like allow them to kind of express themselves?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, me, I I don't play with two strikers up the pitch, and the, the reason for that is that. Uh, it makes it easier for uh, the opposition defenders. The opposition defenders then can go two for two uh, at the back. Um, then you don't have an overload anywhere on the pitch. And uh, what we try to do is to create overloads. And the overload might be that uh, you've got an extra centre midfield player. You might have an extra defender. But the extra defender then can move into midfield and create an overload in midfield. Uh, the wide players can come off the side uh, and create a, an overload. Or... The opposite, my midfield man can go, you know, across the pitch. So it's about having that advantage in the middle of the pitch to create chances, rather than having two forwards up the pitch, where eh, sometimes eh, it becomes easier eh, for defenders. And eh, I think that that's the reason why, you know, I give the freedom to, you know, last season was Gomez. But last season was as a Will Digger Phillips. Um, they had the players that could score goals and create chances and that was the reason that uh, you know we were successful. We probably don't have uh, that many type of players in this team. Dylan Connolly uh, is playing in an area of the pitch just now where I give him the freedom to go where he needs to be when we have the ball. When he hasn't got the ball then he has to do a job defensively but he can run forward, he can run down the sides, he can create chances and uh, I think giving him the freedom uh, can help him. It's really
1: interesting to hear it all put like that. It's really interesting. Kind of moving on to kind of a a more psychological mentality side of things. I think we've obviously spoken about late goals a bit and kind of growing that winning mentality. How do you cultivate something like that over the course of the season?
2: Um, You need to have the right characters uh, in your dressing room. Um, I think that, um, you know, I saw... When Tuesday night against Bolton Wanderers that, that uh, we certainly got winners in the dressing room. Um, they were so disappointed. One, not to get the penalty kick. Uh, one with, the, you know, some of the decisions on the referees to lose the late goal as well. And, you know, that's what we'll need between now and the end of the season. We saw it against Ipswich because we, they fought for each other to get uh, a point in that game. Uh, and these are the type of characters that you do need. But you can... You can blend them into that winning mentality as well. They'll probably not uh, understand how they've become that. Uh, it becomes a bit like hypnotherapy, uh, so to speak. And uh, you have to use your words and guide them uh, in a way uh, that makes them, you know, winners.
1: So going back to last season and that winning mentality we had, I know uh, Tomes has always kind of maintained that from pre-season he was pretty sure that we were that we were onto something special. Were, were you the same or was it maybe at a later point in the season where you start to think, oh, yeah, this this could really happen?
2: Um, I think when I first came to the football club, um, Matt Rushton uh, was with us and we were on the bus uh, to a game. And Matt said to me, you know, what do you think you can do with this football club? And I said, well, I think we can get them into the playoffs. And... Uh, you know, to my, you know, he chuckled to yourself and he's thinking, no, you know, seriously. I said, no, I, I'm telling you, you you have to have a bit of organisation. You've got an understanding of the type of player that you want to take into t- the team. You have to understand how and build a team. And And I felt that I could do that with Morecambe because I was given the freedom to do that. I've been at a football club where uh, I've just left, which is probably the only football club that um, has really stunted uh, the growth uh, for me in building a team. And that'll probably, you know, is a disappointment. But, um, you know, the other teams, Plymouth Aguil, Ross County and Morecambe, the ones that have allowed me to do that, uh, I've seen that success and we got to the playoff, playoffs, playoff final and in, won. In I,
1: I, I, I'll i put myself in Toombs' about there because I did actually, I, I booked the playoffs, the the weekend of the player final of work about 11 months in advance, so I always knew as well. But uh, uh, finally, just, sorry.
2: Yeah, I mean, Toombs, you know, is a great character. And the one thing for me, he is actually, you know, the captain of the team, but he's a captain on the pitch and we've got a few of them. And he's always the one that I can speak to with a tactical change because he plays in the middle of the pitch. He understands the game. He understands me. Uh, and that's vital. And you'll probably see me speaking to him more than most uh, when we're going to make a tactical situ- uh, change because he's the one that can, you know, help the players understand what I'm trying to put across to them.
3: Future manager p- potential, Derek, or coaching for the teams?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, I don't know if he would want to be. Uh, I, I've never asked him that question. But um, he's certainly got you know, an avenue to go uh, and be a coach and assistant manager. Uh, being a manager is a totally different uh, ball game because uh, until you're in that uh, position, you've got no idea the madness that you have to deal with. So I'm not sure that uh, he'll understand that until he's given that opportunity maybe one day.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's it's part of the madness having to do things like this.
2: <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this is easy compared to anything that you have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, I'll,
0: I'll hold you to that because we want you to come on again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you know, from my point of view, uh, David, it, you know, talking about football and uh, allowing supporters to understand myself and my methods. You know, people will see it, but they'll not see it probably until uh, a season's finished or a a year's gone by. And then they'll think, hmm, I understand now what he was talking about and how he got to that uh, solution. Management's about problem solving. It's about finding solutions. It's about leadership. It's about dealing with different types of people on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I think that you have to be that calm and influence. And you only get that with experience, you know, over the years.
1: No, back to you, face That was great. Thank you very much, Derek.
2: Thank you.
0: So, yeah, uh, one more from me, Derek. Um, an, an easy decision to get John McMahon back involved because he'd only been gone, I don't think he'd been on six weeks, I think. Uh, he'd hardly given his tracksuit back. It was probably still warm.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. I had John actually across the Bradford City to watch uh, training uh, two weeks beforehand. And, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, After he had left Morecambe, uh, I kept in touch with him um, and I didn't want to, you know, speak to him when he was at Morecambe, just from the point of view that, um, you know, it's different when you're different management's in. So uh, I left him to it, but when he came out, you know, I had him across to to the training and um, John understands me. uh, I understand him um, and, you know, I know that at times I can be... Uh, quite stern uh, and um, difficult, no, I wouldn't say difficult, I, I just, I know what I want to do uh, and John understands that and, and he helps me because uh, himself is an experienced person Um he has been around a lot of football clubs and um, he understands the game. His brother was obviously a professional football player as well at the highest level. Uh, And that's important. uh, He's a very good coach. He's an organiser. And um, I'm able to, you know, bounce ideas off him. And uh, I think that's important.
0: So it was an an easy decision, really, when you came back with like, well, uh, did you ring him and say, you you know, do you fancy giving me a hand? (laughs) We've got a project to finish.
2: Yeah, I mean, I did say that, you know, I phoned him and and said, listen, um, there's a possibility that, uh, you know, I, I could be going back to, to Morecambe would you like to, to come with me? And he said yes. And uh, so that before, you know, accepting the position, I had to be sure that I was going to come back in with someone that uh, I understood. He understood the football club and he had an insight to some of the players. He didn't have an insight to all of them because he had left uh, just before that uh, January uh, transfer window. And... Um, I think that's always important. If you understand the football club, you understand the people behind the scenes, you understand where the football clubs come from, and uh, understand the ethos, then you uh, are winning a lot of before you even start. And uh, that's why you know I took them in, and and that's why you know I've come back in as well because I understand you know the people at the football club. As I understand the inner sanctuary of the football club. I know you know about the owners I know about, the, the board of directors, the chairman. Um, I got on very well with them uh, and they've been, you know, extremely supportive to me, you know, over the number of years I've been here.
0: Well, that's, um, it's been, if you like, it's been uh, the ideal timing for both club and yourself because obviously we were, you know, with the surprise of Robbo going to St Mirren, uh, I think it caught everybody off guard because it was like uh, it was a rumor at three o'clock on a Monday, and by ten o'clock Monday night, he'd gone. So, it, you know, from that point of view, we were quite fortunate in the fact that uh, Bradford had, had actually decided to dispense, unfortunately, with your services because, as I've alluded to, you were, you know, if you like, you were probably the natural choice for the simple fact that you, you as I keep saying, you'd, you'd left the job, you'd done the job you were here to do, but. Now you can really finish it off and hopefully keep us up, can't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's important. You know, it, it's a, a difficult position we're in at this moment in time. We all understand that, but we've still got 10 games to go and um, we've got the opportunity to catch the teams above us and uh, we've got to win football matches. Uh, I'm delighted that, uh, you know, we're in the League One for the first time in our history. The supporters, you know, this season have enjoyed you know playing against different teams, uh, been to You know, huge stadiums and, uh, you know, even, you know, the amount of clubs that have played in the Premier League, the Championship, uh, I think it's been an eye-opener for everyone. And it certainly will be because um, the quality in League One, you know, is very, very good.
0: Yeah, it's certainly been, uh, it's been pleasing to watch from a supporter's point of view and we've given it a right, good go. And I, I particularly, I'll come back to what you say before in the fact that we've got 10 games left and I like the fact that you say yeah I want to win all 10 games and that might not be possible but that's what you've got to do isn't it?
2: Yeah I mean I, I always go back to my days when I was at uh, Aberdeen as a player and uh, the manager there at the time um, put out a questionnaire and how many points are were going to get uh, in the season and uh, so I put down my points total it was about 80 odd maybe 90 odd uh, points in the season and uh, he came back to me and said what do you put you know, such a ridiculous points total, and I says, "Well, if you want me to go on the pitch, and you want me to lose a game, I'm not the and I'm, I'm not the player for you." And uh, we ended up finishing just outside the European places. So, um, my psychology is to go onto the pitch and win every game. You got to remember, I was at Ross County Football Club when we were in the first division at the time, and we went to Hampden Park and beat Celtic. So, if anybody put a bet on that day that we were going to beat, you know Celtic and reach a Scottish Cup final, then well played to them. But uh, that's the, the the psychology that you need to get. There wouldn't have been a lot of people that um, thought Morgan Football Club could get out of uh, League Two into League One. We've done it, and uh, we continue to become stronger as a club. And obviously, uh, we want to be uh, in League One next year. I,
0: I, I love the fact that you're using we as well. That's that's lovely to hear. Um, I'll move on to Charlie now. Uh, Charlie, um, obviously I opened with the update saying that the Mizooma is going to be a receptacle for for, uh, donations to Ukraine. I think that's a fantastic thing and and quick work by the club, isn't it?
3: Yeah, very important. Great work by the club and uh, hopefully we can support as much as possible. Really I mean, coming back to the uh, stuff you talked about earlier, I think we have silenced a lot of doubters. You know, um, Derry mentioned about the uh, playoff thing earlier on the coach and... uh, I think we've dispelled a lot of that negative that, that sort of limiting beliefs out of the club and got, got, we've taken a long big step forward in believing we can stay in the one, be competitive, be sustainable. We've moved all these projects on that we're trying to move on, as well as doing good in the community with the Ukraine stuff and the obviously the vaccine centre, you know, trying to be a real community club and be, do the right thing by by society, but also grow the football outside as well.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's all it's all tied in, and like I say, with the importance of, you know, this is the highest league we've ever been in. We've come from Northern Premier League to National League to League Two to uh, now to League One, and if we can stay in this division, that 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 is a triumph, isn't it,
3: Charles? It's an absolute triumph, but it always feels like it's a bit of fate with Derry coming back and uh, and the way it all worked out. You know, maybe since in the water it's meant to be, but um, you know, it's just. Uh, Derek's coming influence, like I mentioned earlier, is really, really great, and uh, all the players are really motivated. I mean, even on the equaliser on Tuesday, there was three or four bodies left flying everywhere. Somehow, we got through. But even when the shot went in, still about three at the same time, about three or four bodies hit the ground trying to stop it going in. Yeah, we had that previously. The people that were working so hard um, through adversity—you know, we never—we've always got injuries or illness or something going on. All through, all all through Derek's rain, really. Um, so um, let's see what happens. Big big win, big four win win wooden ch- ch- on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that, and I I I tend to end end every podcast saying exactly the same thing. Would and I've been saying it all season, Derek. Would you to Would you to cre- create the chances and just for once put them all in? And maybe this Saturday is the day.
2: Well, we we would be delighted with that. You know, I think that uh, you know we need three points and uh, there's no doubt about that and uh, you know, to to get that we obviously need to create chances um, we have done that but uh, we obviously have to be more clinical Cole Stockton is the top goal scorer uh, the person below that uh, is not on very much goals at this moment in time I think it's five uh, so um, we need other players to chip in with that but uh, I think that we will get that between now and then the season uh, and you know we've got some really big games to come
0: and uh, moving on to that, we've got the trust coaches going. Obviously, we've got home game Cheltenham Saturday. We've got a trust coach for the rearranged game at Shrewsbury. That's just uh, been advertised, Joel. And then we've got uh, coaches cheap deal. Is it about six quid if you're a, a member to Wigan the Saturday after?
1: Yeah, I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But yeah, we we're running a couple of coaches in those games. Obviously, uh, Shrewsbury rearranged. It was disappointing that that was called off. At the last minute, but at the same time, you know, I think as we've spoken about before, the little trip to Chester that got organised. Is that the last Tuesday game of the season? I think it might. Well, yeah, it? it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Hey. so come down, celebrate under celebrate. I don't know under the lights. You know,
0: lovely. But, uh, and a, and a, a word to all the fans that did go to Bolton on Tuesday, eight hundred and eighty, which is uh, bearing in mind. Uh, we were lucky, lucky to get more than that, just more than that, in the, in League Two, two or three years ago. <laughs> to take 880 on a Tuesday night to Bolton's fantastic, but as we've said, they saw a fantastic performance, just, I wish the ref had blown the whistle in the 93rd minute, but there you go. Or given a penalty. Or yeah. given a penalty, whichever, yeah. But listen, thank you for listening. This has been, uh, I don't know what episode we're on now, Joel, I lost count months ago. This has been uh, Shrimpnet, the uh, Trust podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, our guest uh, tonight has been Derek Adams. I hope you've enjoyed yourself, Derek. You've explained yourself beautifully. I hope you'll come on again when we've survived.
2: Oh dear, I look forward to it.
0: And thanks to Joel. Thanks to Charlie for the updates, as always. Um, as we said before, if you're coming on Saturday to the Cheltenham game, if you've got any of the things that I read out at the start, please do bring them. Uh, and also, they're available to drop off Monday to Friday next week, 9 to 5. There'll be a bucket collection, uh, I think it's important that we get involved in these things and that, well we've done the club on to, for doing that so quickly this has been ShrimpNet, thanks for listening cheers Joel, cheers Charles, cheers Derek uh, have a great day and uh, Easter has beaten Cheltenham 4-0 you heard it here first, thank you